Hey, it's November. Happy November. And yeah. Turkey Day is literally just around the corner. My stomach is not ready. <laughs> you have to train for that. You can't just go out there cold turkey. No <laughs> pun intended. You have to train for that. Yeah. I uh, so. haven't been training. And my mom already started like a group thread between us, all of our family and extra family who will be at Thanksgiving this year. And <laughs> there's going to be so many snacks. Wow. I'm excited. Anyways, uh, it's November. We're staring down the end of the year, which means that conference is right around the corner. Um, yes. But before we get to conference, um, we get to talk a little bit about some conference that just passed, student conference. Um, and I got to sit down this month with uh, Missy Dahl, who's our outgoing student chapter president at the University of Wisconsin-Stout student chapter. Uh, we sat down to chat a little bit about her experience as a student member and her experience at student conference, but then also what being a member of CMAA has meant to her and how that has helped shape her um, goals for her career path, and which kind of feeds really well into the overall theme of our episode this month, which is creating your personal brand. Absolutely. And we're so excited to have certified executive resume writer and career consultant, Erin Kennedy, to continue our discussions on career management. So what is your personal brand and how do you make that part of your career search? I think that's a question so many folks are asking, no matter what stage their career they're in. And she really gives some great advice for students, mid-management professionals, and, and, you know, our executive and tenured members. So um, we're very excited to have her um, on this month. And then we finish up with that great kind of (laughs) on-brand idea from the Idea Fair category, literally, literally, (laughs) um, from Kevin Walker at... Ansley Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Thank that you. idea is super interesting. And like I said, it's a literal brand. So you'll get to hear a little bit more about that um, at the end of the episode. But for now, here's our conversation with Missy. So, hi, Missy. Hi. Um, we're going to start. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where, where you go to school, how long you've been at CMA, what your interests are, things like that. Yeah, so I go to the University of Wisconsin-Stout. I've been there for three years. I've been on the board of CMAA for two and a half, president for almost two, coming up on two. (laughs) Um, I graduate in December, so I'll be looking for a job soon. Soon. Got some things in the works, but nothing official. Cool. Um, And you said, so you've been involved with CMAA for three years? Yes. Um, And when you started in school, did you know anything about clubs? Were you interested in clubs, or was it something that you started studying hospitality and then it was like, oh, this is a thing that you could do. Yeah. So I initially, I was going to school. My first year I went to community college for health science Mm -hmm. and I hated it. So (laughs) I like had this moment where I had to, I met with a couple like counselors and um, Mm -hmm. family friends and they told me to do what you love. And what I love is hospitality. Mm -hmm. So I went to Stout knowing that I knew a couple people who had went there I had no idea about clubs. My first class was 121, Intro to Food Service with Phil. <laughs> and the first day of class, we were there for like 10 minutes, and he started talking about clubs because he's the advisor. So mm-hmm. uh, that Wednesday, I went to the meeting, and I remember leaving the meeting, calling my mom, being like, I want to be on the board. Like, this is it. I called her. I was like, I'm going to be on the board. I can't wait. And like four months later, the board asked me to like come on the board. Awesome. So yeah, it all happened really fast, and it was great. Awesome. I loved it. What are, so 
being on the board and you've been running the chapter, what are some of the, like, the challenges that um, you guys have kind of dealt with? I, I want to take this conversation, we'll go back to the career path thing, but like this is interesting to me given that we've just spent the morning talking about yeah. you know, strategic planning for students and now that you know, you're, you've been on the board of your chapter for almost the entire time that you've been a <laughs> member, um, what are some of the things that you see as challenges for your chapter specifically but then student development as a whole? Uh, one of the like, biggest challenges we face right now is getting our members involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I talk with my mom a lot about this because she's a school teacher, so she gets that a lot of the younger kids. Mm-hmm. They're just, no way to put it nice, lazy. <laughs> and we can't get them, it's really tough to get them to volunteer or even want to come to these mm-hmm. events because they can just stay at, you know, in their room and do nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we really have to push, like, oh, if you come, you're going to get this great networking. They're going to, yeah. you know, these people could possibly donate to our auction, which will help us raise money mm-hmm. to go to these bigger events that right. you all want to go to but don't want to put the work in. Right. So that's, like, the toughest part. Is that getting folks to actually engage? Right, and they don't realize that when they graduate in three, four years, they mm-hmm. have to work every day. Yeah, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I think so. you hit on something interesting there. You know, you talk about, like, trying to entice them to come to things like this, like student conference, by saying, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to network and meet people. And it's almost like you don't understand the value of that until you experience it. Right. So you kind of just like, just go. Yeah. Just go, just participate, go in with an open mind. And, I mean, we talked about it a lot today, but like this conference and world conference especially are great opportunities to get face-to-face time, not only with your peers, which is great networking, mm-hmm. but then also with managers because ultimately they can help you achieve a goal of finding a job in a club if that's truly what you want to do. Yeah, we've had big turnover this year. I think we're 50-50 on returning mm-hmm. in new members. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the new members are freshmen and they, you know, okay. they don't really want to come yet. Um, they haven't had much experience. We've only done one club tour, so mm-hmm. we've got to build, you know, their club knowledge <laughs> before they really get interested. And especially a lot of the questions we were asking today are like, mm-hmm. you need to know the industry to yep. know, to know the what we're kind talking of about. To ask too. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, when you, you know, you said you have about 50-50 returning in new members. Those new members of the chapter club, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> How many of them have any familiarity with clubs at all? Are most of them very new and don't understand it? Yeah, I think a lot of them are super new. I haven't gotten to know them that well yet. Mm-hmm. We've, we haven't had as many meetings as we usually do, but uh, a lot of them are new freshmen that we've gotten our members to actually mm-hmm. recruit. We've had That's a couple good. members who have really uh, helped out with that. Um, we I know we've got a couple new golf guys on. Um, I think we even have maybe a couple business students That's who cool. are members. So. Yeah, they're coming in. We're trying to really reach out because we've tried to get accounting students and business mm-hmm. students before because there's, yeah, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for them um, in the club space. But they're, you know, it's a club. I don't want to be in a club. But we have to, like, okay. market it so it's like, we have free food and come hang out with us. <laughs> we do fun stuff, we swear. It's not just what boring things. I right. Promise. Every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. well, you know. Make it through. Everything's boring <laughs> sometimes. Um, so, as a very active student member, someone who is very engaged. What are some of the things that you've gotten to experience uh, being a part of CMA that have been your favorite? Whether it's traveling to conferences, different speakers you've gotten to see, different club tours, people you've gotten to meet. What are some of the things that really stand out to you? Yeah, the traveling is the biggest thing. I would have never, you know, we're in New York now, I would have never been here. Nashville, mm-hmm. San Francisco, you know, mm-hmm. all these places I never would have went to. I'd never been to Chicago, and now since I've been in Stout, I've been there three times. <laughs> um, so the traveling is huge, meeting new people. And I'm not, you know, I love people. I'm in the hospitality business, but I'm not that big on the whole networking thing. But it's forced here, so then you get to know all these mm-hmm. new people and the managers. And 
uh, people I've met just becoming my mentors and helping me through, especially this part now, trying to find yeah, a job. Absolutely. Which is <laughs> looking into like your enough. graduation. And yeah. Hold on, we're going to pause. Okay. All right. Well, I hope the first time our conversation is there because <laughs> <laughs> I missed a lot of good things. Um, all right. So we were talking about your favorite opportunities and experiences within CMAA and um, getting to travel and getting to meet new people. Um, and then ultimately, hopefully, that helping you find a job. job, right? <laughs> so what are some of, like, we wanted to talk in this episode about career path. Um, what are some of the things as a student member you have gotten to do within CMAA that have sort of helped, one, either define the path that you want to take, or then, two, make the connections that you wanted to make to hopefully achieve that goal? Yeah, all the, I think... Um, the biggest thing that kind of showed me what I want to do is all the club tours we do and not mm-hmm. just through national, but through, mm-hmm. um, we do a spring and a fall tour usually, um, through every school year and, uh, touring those, they, they mainly focus on food and beverage unless we tell them we've got a huge golf crew with us mm-hmm. and then they'll show us out there. I did for a little bit have interest in the golf side, um, just, you know, in the shop, mm-hmm. um, that kind of dwindled away pretty fast. And then I had <laughs> my, um, just this past summer internship, we're focused on food and beverage, and after that, I kind of wanted to look at something new, maybe membership, mm-hmm. um, but I don't really have a sales background, so I started looking into stuff like that and quickly realized that food and beverage is still where I want to be, mm-hmm. so now that's just still my focus is cool. finding something in there. So how many internships have you done? I've done two through Stout. I actually have three because like um, my first summer at Stout, I continued my job, which was still mm-hmm. hospitality-based. And then I went to um, Paradise Valley, Arizona, mm-hmm. and then I was just in Park City, Utah. Oh, awesome. So I did, yeah, Very two cool. clubs. So this is going to be a personal question, but when you graduate, what, like, are you going to look for specific clubs in like specific areas of the country, or are you kind of casting a wide net and seeing what comes back? I'm super open. I've always been pretty open, and but closed off to the Midwest because I wanted to get you out there. You live there? You want to right. live there forever? <laughs> Maybe I don't want the cold anymore. Um, but then yeah. going to Phoenix, I fell in love with Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That was the first place I went by myself. I lived there for five months. So that has like half of my heart. And then <laughs> Park City was incredible. It's yeah. not for me. I'm yeah. not the sporty, yeah. like you, get out and hike a mountain. <laughs> I'm going to go hike a mountain and then ski down it. Right. Oh, you know, I'm going to go to work and then take a nap. Um <laughs> So I'm open. I There's a couple in Florida that I've looked at. Mm-hmm. I know Chicago. Um, and then I did open back up into, you know, the Twin Cities area. Mm-hmm. So I'm there's open. There's a lot of opportunity, I mean, everywhere, yeah. obviously. But, but definitely, I think that's cool that you've gotten to experience um, internships in places that were so far outside of what you've grown <clears throat> up in and what, where you go to school. Because I think that probably is... Yeah, and both clubs here. being totally different. Yeah, you know. very cool. And I think that that's one of the things we definitely talked about today a lot mm-hmm. and the value of, um, one, getting to participate in CMAA as a student, but figuring out, you know, what kind of career path you want to take is understanding that every club is different. Right. There's so many different opportunities then within each club as to where you could you know, take your career. And we did talk about that today, the uh, rotational versus, versus a focus. focus and my yeah. first one in Arizona was more of a rotational or rotated mm-hmm. through all the departments. Uh, and then my, my last one was focus with a beverage dining room manager. And mm-hmm. so going through that rotation first really does show you where you want to be. And then mm-hmm. that second one, you can focus and really, you know, cool. get your skills. Absolutely. Cool. So 
think we've kind of covered a lot of the questions that I had um, set up for you, which is really, really good. Um, I think I want to kind of end with what is the biggest thing that you have learned about the club industry in your time as a student and um, all of the different experiences that you've had? Uh, I think I knew coming in how much of a family mm-hmm. sense it had. That's why I wanted to come into it. Um, and I know some clubs aren't necessarily as family-oriented as some. We talked to a couple of city clubs today. Um, but that's what I wanted to be a part of, is just having that culture that everybody... Yeah, yeah, everybody wants to be friends, and mm-hmm. we're all family. So that's, like, one of the main things that I take away. I think that's huge. And I think that's one thing we do hit on a lot, is, like, this idea that not only are your, you know, staff peers, like, very familial in the sense that you spend a lot of time together um but then too your members are that way as well in many places because you see them day in and day out and they're repeat customers it's not like you're in all the generations yeah absolutely to know all family of them. and um it's not like a hotel where it's a different guest every night yeah so it's a very cool very cool space but thank you for sitting down and talking with me is there anything else you'd like to share i don't think so okay. just that I love CMA. Oh, yay! And you! Yay! <laughs> that is. Um, well, you graduate in December. I do. And you're definitely going to stay in clubs. Yes, I promise. Good. You have that on It's on record. here. So in a year, when you're no. like, I don't know, like, you said, you're saying. Hold me to it. Yes. Because I know absolutely. this is what makes me happy. Yes, well, good. And I'm... We're, it makes me so excited to see students like you who mm-hmm. are absolutely passionate about not only the association, but the industry itself. I mean, you I know you well now. You've come <laughs> to a lot of events, and it's been really, really cool to see you and your peers kind of, like, grow up through this process. So yeah. I'm excited for you, and thank I hope you. that you find a job, and it's a place that makes you happy. <laughs> Thanks, me too. All right. Well, thank you, Missy. You're welcome. So we are very excited to have Aaron with us today to talk about creating your personal brand, and we know this is something that's very uh, relevant for our student members that's just coming off our National Student Education Conference, but it's also something that's really relevant for all of our members throughout their career and to really think about. So, Erin, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I was I was looking forward to this, and and I could talk about personal brands all day. So. <laughs> it's really it's really so important, and I think so many people kind of get stumped, um, or they're just not sure. So so yeah, I, I was excited to to come on here and, and talk about this with you guys. Awesome. So let let's start by talking about what about that creation of a personal brand. Yeah. Why is it so important? Well, you know. Creating a personal brand, you know, branding helps you stand out from your competition. Uh, In your personal marketing tools, like, say, for example, your resume, your your LinkedIn profile, Um, you know, online, even if if you're using, let's say, Instagram or, or, you know, anything else like that for personal marketing, um, having a brand just kind of sets you apart from from your peers. Um, And... You know, as as far as like creating a personal brand, um, there's you know, if you wanted to jump into that, there's a lot of different things that 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 you can do to to kind of help that. Um, but another thing I wanted to or, you know to help us do that. But um, something I did want to add is that it, it branding also makes it easier on you know hiring managers. Um, 
on, on HR people, on, on recruiters, um, deciding if you're a good fit for their organization, whether to hire you or, or do business with you. Um, you know, it helps generate chemistry. It helps, it helps just get people interested in you. So having a strong personal brand is pretty important. I would agree. I think you brought up a great point about even something like Instagram. I think that's probably the most um, visual and easily recognizable uh, branding tool right now because so many people are there and it's so easy to create a look and a feel for your personal feed. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you get a you get a pretty good taste for what someone is all about just based on the types of things that they have curated and chosen to share and then the manner in which they choose to share them. Um, right. And I think that's just one example, but when it comes to your personal brand from a professional perspective, um, I think that that's really an interesting uh, topic. So like how then do you start determining what that brand is? Right. So that, that's the, the fun part and the difficult part. Um, you know, that, that's the part that, that does stump our clients, um, you know, really from, from fresh out of college to, to sea level, um, which is always surprising to me when I do deal with folks that are executives and they're like, well, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I, I think I'm known for this, but I'm not really sure. So, um, so one of the, you know, w- the number one thing, I mean, the first thing that you need to really do, you know, what I tell clients to do is, you know, what are you known for? What do people go to you for? Um, uh, you know, do you have any expertise? And, you know, of course, if you're um, just starting in the industry, you're not going to have a lot of this recognition or reputation yet. But for, you know, for those who have been in the industry a while, um, you know, you kind of start to, when people return to you over and over for certain things, um, then you kind of, you know, you become known uh, as, you know, I specialize in this or, or this this is what kind of differentiates me from everybody else. So, but I would really say for those of you, you know, starting off um, out of college and you're not really sure, um, definitely work experience is going to help. You know, it's, it's hard to create a brand for yourself if you're not, if you don't have any work experience at all and you're, you know, in a new industry. Um, but one thing that you can do is, is ask peers, you know, ask um, maybe college professors or peers or uh, your network, you know, how, what words would you use to describe me? Um, you know, uh, when you think of me, what comes to mind? You know, and of course, with our clients who have more senior level experience, um, you know, it'll be easier for them to kind of pull these things from people that they work with, you know. Um, what do you think that I'm most popular for? What's one thing that everyone says that, that you rock at? You know, what are you really good at? And, um, or what words do people use to describe you? You know, so there's lots of different ways to really um, determine what your brand is. And, you know, even if you don't have much work experience, um, you know, you might have stood out for different things while you were at a university, um, maybe in your internship or maybe uh, some core classwork or uh, amongst your peers, you know. So there's, there's different places where you can pull it out where you might think, I don't have enough experience. And um, uh, so, you know, you can kind of look towards your, your classwork or your, your student, um, you know, your, your college peers um, to, to help you 
pull those out and, and help you learn how you're perceived. Absolutely. I could imagine, too, um, from the student perspective, that you could also kind of look at some of the things that you're passionate about, maybe places you've volunteered or causes yeah. that you've been interested in as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love, yeah, volunteering and, and causes, um, you know, helps, especially as it relates to the work that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so as long as we can kind of um, transfer those you know, those, those passions that you have into what you want to do, then, then it, you know, definitely works. Um, but you know, just what drives you, what ignites you, what, um, you know, what things are you most passionate about at work? And even if you're brand new at the job, you know, you, you know that there are things that you like doing more than others. And so you can focus on those things. Um, yeah. So once you just really start putting pen to paper, it, it flows a little bit better. And especially if you start asking around. Um, your peers or your, your friends or um, colleagues. I like it. So then yeah. from that perspective, how then do you mm-hmm. add that to your resume? You know, like a resume is kind of seen as this very staid professional piece of this is my work history, but it has to also represent everything of who I am so that the person I'm trying to get hired by can see it and go, yes, this is who I want. Um, right. Which is a really hard balance to strike, I think, for a lot of people. I mean, it has to be super informative, but at the same time, not boring. Um, so I know, I know. It has to be interesting, but it has to be professional, and it has right. to communicate your your value and your you know your brand. But um, yeah, it's it's a definitely a balancing act when creating the resume. Um, you know, and so you can. I mean, what we do is. Um, you know, building your resume content to kind of position you as the best hiring choice for that, for your target club, let's say. Um, <clears throat> you know, using branded metrics-driven accomplishment statements. And, of course, this is for those who have more experience. But um, that's really, you know, uh, what we do as far as um, when you have more experience, you know, driving home the promise of value. Um, you know, include tangible evidence of, of how you turn things around, it, you know, um, where you're at, your club. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, 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 you know, you want them to know, like, uh, this is, you know, this is who I am and this is how I can do this for you. This is how I can, you know, take this experience and work this um, at your organization as well. And, and you know, understanding, um, you know, your strengths and weaknesses, but really um, helping you know, when you're adding this to the, when you're adding your brand to the resume, you're really adding your value. You're showing them again. I, you know, I I always, I just keep saying this over and over, but (laughs) what, how can I do this for you? You know, and because really that's what it boils down to, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they want to know what can you do for me? So we have to keep that resume really forward focused, focused on the reader, um, and how, you know, what you offer is going to benefit them. Totally. Um, yeah. So coming across as authentic and, and showcasing your accomplishments um, has has your brand kind of all wrapped up in it because um, you know it's it's what you're best at. It's what you do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So just kind of adding to it, showing how you solve the problem, or um, you know how. You know, I, I we use a lot of car stories. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's it stands for challenge action and results, you know, so tell us about a challenge that you faced. Um, what action did you take to turn it around, change it, fix it, make it work better? And then what were the results? Um, so this just creates, this really helps us with, um, with, cre- with helping clients 
develop their brand because this is really a unique story just to you. So when you're saying, plus it, plus it has interest. You know, again, we're balancing all these different pieces in a resume, but having that car story shows, okay, here's how, um, you know, this, this is the pain point that this club or organization or company had, and this is how, this is what I did to fix it, and this is how I can do this for you. So again, you know, you're kind of telling a story, but you're also letting them get a feel for what your expertise is in, where your talents lie, and, and you know, that all kind of encompasses your brand. Um, yeah, so there's lots of ways you can add it to the resume. For sure. And then, okay, so we added it to the resume. What are other ways that you can share your personal brand besides on a resume, whether you're looking for a job or even just putting yourself out there as like an expert in a field? Yeah. Lots of, um, there's lots of, lots of ways you can do this. Um, and it, it will really help build your reputation, you know? Um, and it's our responsibility to kind of take charge of this, this, um, you know, of our brands and, and the importance of, um, of having it and keeping it strong. So things like, you know, go online. Um, you can, you know, one of the things I love is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, you can quickly build a very strong reputation for yourself by adding interesting content, by commenting on others, and, you know, in those comments um, using your expertise, by, um, you know, um, creating a post or writing an article or joining um, a group that kind of pertains to, to what you want to do and then commenting within that group. Mm-hmm. But the more you comment, the more it kind of um, expresses your expertise and your brand, again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is, the, uh, you know, how we, how we um, do this, and it's a great way to, to express that. Um, you know, writing, if you... Um, have a website or a blog or, again, you know, something like Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. um, great. You know, you can do posts that where, where you can kind of share your thoughts, your expertise, your brand that way. Um, things like mentoring and coaching. I mean, you know, if you're more senior or even if you're not, if, if there's things that you are really good at, you can kind of mentor and, and coach others. Um, you know, kind of solidifying you as an expert in certain areas. Um, you know, you can speak, you can volunteer at different organizations. Um, there's, there's all kinds of things that you can do to, to really get your name out there and share your brand. Um, that, you know, so it's a little bit of work, but it's, it's well worth it. Absolutely. I think you yeah. a great point about LinkedIn. I mean, our members are very active on LinkedIn. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that we actually have some that are utilizing some of the suggestions that you talked about, whether it's writing articles or sharing a lot of yeah. posts um, yeah. to sort of position themselves as an expert in a certain area, whether that is mentorship or, um, you know, executive level leadership, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also recently launched uh, CMAs. We call it CMA Connect. It's our online members only um, forum, oh, nice. basically. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar to LinkedIn, but it gives us. Uh, gives our members the opportunity to connect um, in a more, you know, private setting. But that's another place, I suppose, where they could position themselves in kind of share their brand across the information that they choose to share and the topics mm-hmm. that they choose to comment on. Right. Cool. Yeah, I um, yes, I love LinkedIn. And, I mean, I've seen what it's done for our clients. Um, 
you know, especially the last five years, I mean, it's just kind of exploded and, um, and it's, you know, I always tell my clients, you can become an expert from the, the comfort of your own couch, you know, in a laptop. <laughs> and you can network that way too. I mean, that's, that's a great way to, to network and again, get, you know, get across your brand and, um, but you can quickly, and you know, the thing with LinkedIn is, um, you have to, in order for it to work for you, you have to use it. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you know, use it once every couple of weeks and and then kind of walk away from it. You have to use it every day, every other day. Um, the more you use LinkedIn, the more LinkedIn says, oh, okay, um, this person is is um, is using this platform and is an active contributor. Let's let's push their profile further to the top, or mm-hmm. or let's put their profile in front of more people. Mm-hmm. So you know, the more you use LinkedIn, the more it will work for you for sure. Yes, it's yeah. something that you have to be active on and consistent. And I'm not talking an hour a day. I mean, ten minutes a day, right. you know, or every other day. So, but again, it kind of keeps your name, your brand, you know, uh, your profile in front of people. I think that's a good point about really any of the sort of social networking platforms. Um, that those algorithms are working all the mm-hmm. time, and if you're not choosing to take a forward. Um, presence on them, you know, your, your stuff's not going to be pushed out to the number of people that you would like to see it, um, particularly LinkedIn. But I mean, it's the same is true on Instagram. If you're not posting on yeah. Instagram regularly, people aren't going to see your stuff. Um, yep. So, I mean, that's a great point. If it's something, if, if networking or connecting um, your, with your peers or sharing your expertise is something that you're very interested in, you know, you do have to dedicate a little bit of time to it every day, every other day. But like you said, it could only be 10 minutes, you know, log on, comment on a few posts, share a thing. And, you know, that can kind of take the boxes for you. Yeah. And, you know, the the cool thing um, is I've had some clients and they were like, oh, I don't have any time for this. I am busy. (laughs) I don't have time. And I'm like, just try it. You know, just just do it a couple days a week and start there. And I can't tell you how many people have come back and said, you know, I kind of like this. I've, I've met some great people. I'm building a, a network. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've done a couple of meetups. And so um, I haven't had anybody come back to me yet and say, oh, this just didn't work. It didn't work <laughs> at all. Because, you know, really the more you use it, the more it works for you. And mm-hmm. the more it kind of um, solidifies you, you know, as an expert in your field. So it yeah, it's, it's definitely a win-win, um, you know. Yeah. yeah, I see it at work with our students a lot, too. I mean, Melissa mentioned mm-hmm. we just came off of our National Student Education Conference a couple weeks ago, and um, connecting on LinkedIn for the students is a huge deal. I mean, they sp- I had mm-hmm. so many connection requests <laughs> by the end of the weekend, but, you know, they're busy little beavers, and you know, right. they want to And connect. they are the best at it. Yes. <laughs> they are the best at it. You know, our, our clients and... and uh, in their 20s and 30s are really the best networkers. I mean, totally. our older ones are too, but, you know, I think they're just more natural at it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like second nature to them. Um, and, yeah, I have nieces that are, yes. um, that are, are you know, in their 20s and um, uh, who have actually taught me a lot about all of this in, you know, the last few years and um, just, you know, really we can learn a lot from, mm-hmm. from them because they know what they're doing. Oh, right. I mean, they're <laughs> early adopters for sure. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a natural inclination. But yeah, I mean, I had so many connection requests from them. They were connecting with each other, which is great. But then they were also connecting with a lot of our managers who were on site that weekend, which is obviously a great networking chance for them right. as they graduate and go into hopefully a career in club management. Um, but then uh-huh. I see after the event, a bunch of them sharing pictures and talking about their experiences and, you know, reaching out to people to say thank uh-huh. you. And it's really cool um, just to kind of sit back and, and watch them engage in that manner. Um, but I think you're totally right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect place for them to, to do that and really start forming their brand as students yep. so that when mm-hmm. they you know, hope to get hired after graduation, they can point to, look, I already have this you know, backlog of engagement mm-hmm. in this space, which is really cool. Yes, and I already have. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've already developed a, a brand for myself or a name for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we see that with a lot of our, our students or, you know, the ones um, out of college. But they have, they, they again, they know how to work it. Um, I saw one, she had a whole little, um, she, you know, had uh, like a little portfolio. And that led to her her website that she created with, mm-hmm. um, you know, different uh, projects that she did. and But she really worked that LinkedIn profile. Um, and, and, you know, she, I mean, she just got um, recruited so quickly. And, uh, I mean, really got recruited and, and got a job pretty fast right out of college. So, fantastic. Um, yeah. And, I mean, there's just so many benefits to, to using social, you know, networking mm-hmm. uh, in job search. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that wraps up my questions. Melissa, did you have anything else that you wanted to throw in there? No, just furiously jotting down that we need to do a whole session on how to use LinkedIn. Yes, true. <laughs> hey, I am up for that. I could talk about LinkedIn all day. It's my favorite thing, and it's it's amazing what it does for our clients and, and job seekers. So. Well, and there's so Absolutely. many resources on LinkedIn that I don't think get enough, like, attention at all. They have that whole LinkedIn mm-hmm. learning section where you can basically, like, take certificate courses or the equivalent of right. you could teach yourself yes. coding and other yes. really cool skills um, for free. It's like free education. It's nuts. There's a lot of cool stuff I, there. I know it's, it's amazing. I love that learning section. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, there, I mean, I use it every day, but I'm like you, I mean, there's still so much more mm-hmm. um, and so many cool things that, that you can do and, and learn and um, you know people are, are creating meetups and you know in their area let's say they're you know wherever they live um, and and they're just getting bigger and bigger and you know it's, there's so many neat things that you can do totally totally yeah Melissa yeah. You're right we need to do yeah. a whole session yeah we're definitely session on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah For it's sure. amazing awesome <laughs> Are we ready for some announcements, Melissa? We are. So, so exciting uh, to talk about what's new at the upcoming 2020 World Conference and Club Business Expo. So coming up February 8th through the 12th at the Gaylord Texan Resort and Convention Center in Grapevine, Texas. Which is close to Dallas, if anyone is confused. Absolutely. But Grapevine is a great location. It's a new location for us. You may not be familiar with it, but it really is vintage Texas. So there's a lot of really rich history. It's a really unique northern Texas experience. And they really have unique event venues. It also offers that kind of small town feel with about 80 locally owned shops, restaurants, winery, tasting rooms, and boutiques. 
Grapevine got its name, the seven winery tasting rooms that are there. It's become the headquarters of the Texas wine industry. They also have two local craft breweries. So if you like beer, you're not left out. Don't we want people to like come to conference zone? <laughs> we do, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you have to, you have to go to dinner somewhere That's and you true. have to, you know, you, you got to get out. That's true. Um, and speaking of getting out, we are offering a new networking event. Kyle, what, what's that about? Um, our new networking event is—is is this is this our after dark kind of? Party? It is our our late night. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this. So there's um, a sort of a nightclub venue on site at the Texan called the Glass Cactus, and we are going to do a CMAA after dark event, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. I'll let you, you know, you go online and you can read all about it for more details, but I'm just going to tease it. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Absolutely. And obviously people come for education, but also for the two-day club business expo. Mm -hmm. So that's got more than 250 exhibitors and it's across the full industry supply chain. So we've added a couple new features this year, definitely to stop in the satellite lounge and also to feature the Wine Society Live auction on the floor. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be different and definitely entertaining. (laughs) It always is entertaining. But speaking of education, we have this new concept called open space. What's open space? So it's this concept that is run by participants for participants in an informal, relaxed, open environment. So you come up with your topic or challenge, you set the agenda for what's discussed in the pod, and you invite colleagues and new connections. The pod can be reserved for 30-minute conversations. That sounds pretty So really, what's your big challenge and how can you tap into the wisdom of the crowd? Very cool. I like it. It's kind of like a live in-person, almost like idea fair. Absolutely. So there's a lot more to talk about and we won't tease too much more because in January, our entire podcast will cover conference and what you can expect and all the insider tips. But we want to remind everybody that the early registration deadline is coming up Mm -hmm. on Friday, December 6th. This is a change. Absolutely. It was printed in the brochure. It's the second, but we've changed the date to the 6th. So um, if you are registering in those large categories, the full registration or the education-only categories, this is where you will save money by registering early. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, you'll notice that this year our registration process is a little bit different than in years past. You should have received an email invitation about a month ago, at the end of October, um, with a link special to you to take you to our registration page. Um, so be on the lookout for that. You'll probably get a reminder one if you haven't registered for conference yet. Or you can always visit cmaa.org conference for registration and more information. So we'd also like to share a little bit about our expanded career offerings with professional resume services. So you've heard from Erin uh, Kennedy, and we CMAA has entered into a collaboration with her, with her company, Professional Resume Services. Mm-hmm. As you've heard, she's a certified master resume writer, has nearly 20 years of experience in the industry, and is considered an influencer and top career expert to follow on Twitter and LinkedIn. So this is a great opportunity to make sure that when your dream job comes along, that your resume is ready for you to take that next step. So visit CMA's website, get a link, and find out more information, and obviously listen to her interview on this podcast to hear more about Erin and why creating your personal brand and how to tell that through your resume is so important. We are very excited to have Kevin Walker, CMCAAC Executive Chef of Ansley 
Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia with us today to talk about fabulous idea. So, Kevin, tell us about your club and tell us how long you've been there. I've been here for uh, almost coming up about a year and a half now. Um, and it is a, it's an in-town club um, that is right in the middle of Ansley Park. It's been here for about 107 years now. Uh, we have roughly 1,600 full-time members. We do just over $5 million in food and beverage. Um, and we have a nine-hole golf course here in town with um, tennis, huge tennis program, huge swimming program, fitness. Um, and then about 30 miles away, we have another club called Setting Down, uh, which is uh, an 18-hole Scottish Link-style course and a clubhouse out there that does just pretty much does uh, breakfast and lunch. We do very little uh, outside of breakfast and lunch as far as any kind of banquet business or anything out there. So uh, this is the main hub of everything. Very cool. So tell us about your idea. Where did the idea come from? Um, so, yeah, the branding iron uh, came about. Actually, it was uh, Joey Wheeler and myself who is, uh, was the clubhouse manager at the time here, and now he's the general manager over Druid Hills. And uh, we were trying to find a way to um, to brand the restaurant upstairs, which is the 1912. And so we bought the branding iron originally just to use it to um, brand the – we made – I don't know how to describe it uh, – menu holders that basically are like clipboards. Um, but what we did is we used – wood from trees that were taken down at Setting Down. And, um, and our, our fabulous grounds crew planed them all down, um, shellacked them all, lacquered them, made them look beautiful, and we, we, um, we branded all of those to start with. And they, the wood is beautiful because it still has the bark on the outside of it, and it's still very natural looking. Um, and, uh, and we also now use those We've done some huge boards as well for cheese boards and for charcuterie displays and for just any kind of banquet displays when we're displaying something out in the rooms. So it's worked really well there. And we've also used it from time to time. We use it on steaks to, to brand you know, uh, either steaks or pork or veal or whatever we happen to be doing. Um, and it's just a, just a nice way to you know, get our logo out there one more time in front of both members and guests. What a really cool idea um, and really sustainable to kind of take that and, and bring all of those products in the clubhouse and, you know, capitalize on the brand. So Absolutely. What, what's been the feedback from members and other staff members? Uh, they, they, it's, been, it's been very good. You know, they, they love seeing the logo, uh, especially on the boards that we used in the uh, 1912 for the menus. They love seeing it out on the buffets. Um, the steaks, it's kind of interesting. The steak works, but there's challenges with it because um, if you, we found if you brand it and then cook the steak, and I'm not even talking about on the grill, if you brand it and then put it in the oven, then the brand gets lost in the caramelization of the steak. <laughs> so you pretty much have to brand it when it comes out or right before it goes on the plate, uh, or you don't get the, the full effect, you know. Um, so... That was a, a little bit of a, a learning curve. Uh, but for the most part, you know, the, me the members are, 
have been very responsive uh, for uh, anything that we either a brand with that or b use the Ansley name in in the title or or make it something that becomes special to the club, um, and that's it's it's good. I think it's good. It just shows pride in the club. Absolutely. Were there anything any unexpected um, outcomes? Or unintended consequences from the accident? Um, no, I don't think. I, I really don't think so. I think just like I said, learning the learning curve of how to brand, at the proteins you want to use to make sure that you get the the mark so it's actually seen, and you know sometimes making sure the cook puts it on the plate right side up is <laughs> <laughs> always a good thing too, right? Because you get it to the table sometimes and. It's it's the wrong way, or it's the steak's been put on the plate backwards, so now the A is you know upside down to the guests, and so you know always, there's always a little bit of user error that you have to watch out for. Of course, uh, to follow up with that, how is learning how to uh, wield the brand? Because I feel like when you're, I don't know, like that would be something to me that would be a little bit scary the first time. Here's this hot well, piece yeah, of metal. <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's. Um, I guess just being in the kitchen, you just know everything's hot or think everything's hot, <laughs> right? Fair, so fair. Uh, you just kind of stay away from the um, the live end of that thing as much as possible. It, you have to be careful, obviously, on a busy line. you got two or three people around you. you got to make sure that you're you know, bringing it down and up instead of swinging it around as you're coming away from the grill <laughs> where we're keeping it hot, you know, over the flame. So um, I guess it's... For lack of a better term, it's just part of the dance that we do in the kitchen every day, you know? Situational um, awareness. <laughs> exactly. Kind of knowing where you're at. So. For sure. That's so fun. Um, I don't think we have any more questions. Melissa, did you have anything else? Just ask, um, are any of the, the pro- from the trees coming down, are any of those products available? Do you sell those as part of merchandise that members can take off-site? You know, we haven't done that yet. We're not. We really haven't started any kind of merchandising, as far as that's concerned. Um, again, I've got a couple other ideas in the fire about no pun intended uh, <laughs> about other things I'd like to do, as far as merchandising or doing some uh, some grab and go stuff. I know a lot of clubs are starting to do that, and with us being such a uh, an urban club, and all of our members, most of our members live within like three miles of the club. And so um, they're here every day and all the time. And so if we can carve out a space where we could do a little to-go shop, I would love to do something along those lines where we could be making stuff for them to take home. Um, and just if they, don't, if they don't have time to eat here at the club or if they want to have a night at the house or it's a Monday and we're going to be you know, we're closed or whatever the case may be, I'd love to be able to do some of that. But... For those who've seen this club, or for those who don't know about the club, we are very landlocked here, um, and and spaces, um, as with every club, but this one in particular, is is at a premium everywhere for storage for everything because we we cannot expand the building out or up um, because of where it's located, and some of the some of the um, I don't know if they're actually laws or rules of the 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 um, the neighborhood that we live in that we can't expand the club. So working inside the footprint we have makes it hard to try and carve out those little niches of things to do. Definitely will drive you to be more creative. So we absolutely, yeah, absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Absolutely. And keep those ideas coming. We'd love to have you back on another show. I'd love to come back whenever you want me. One more quick announcement. We are excited to announce the Club Spa and Fitness Association's Each One Reach One campaign. Beginning at the uh, start of November, so almost a month ago now, um, when a CMAA member sponsors a new CSFA executive member, your name will be entered into a raffle to win a free education-only registration at the 2020 or 2021 CMAA World Conference. Um, this opportunity and runs from, like I said, the beginning of November to the end of December. So you have about a month left to take advantage of this opportunity. And if you're in for a real challenge, you can go for the drive for five. If you sponsor five new CSFA executive members, you can receive a promo code for $50 off of one 2020 CSFA conference registration. If you have any questions, please check out csfassociation.com membership or email info at csfassociation.com. Okay, well, I think that wraps us up for November. Um, it does. We are... And we're excited for December. We're going to have the 2019 Club Executive of the Year, Tony DeRico, CCM, CCE, joining us next month to share his insights. And then we can't wait till January when we're talking all about the World Conference. That's a really informative episode. We got a lot of great feedback from our, uh, you know, behind the conference curtain episode from this past year. Um, and we're looking forward to doing it again and sharing all of the tips and tricks with you from behind the scenes with, you know, your favorite staff at CMAA. <laughs> and since it's November and it is Thanksgiving, Kyle, I want to tell you, I'm thankful for you. Oh, and so I am nice. thankful for all of our listeners. Yes. And we're sorry we can't have you here for Thanksgiving, That's okay. but that would be fabulous. And we are <laughs> very thankful uh, to have an amazing team here at headquarters. We're thankful for all of our amazing members Absolutely. and for all of our listeners who are not members. So yes. we hope you, everyone has a blessed Thanksgiving yes. and we look forward to talking to you next month. Yeah, I would, I'll, I'll jump in there and say, I too am thankful for you, Melissa. And I'm also oh. grateful to um, all of our guests that have joined us on the podcast since we've started. You know, it's been, it's been a fun adventure and we're looking forward to even more in, as we go into 2020, but, you know, just grateful for the opportunity and our chance to talk to everyone and listen to what everyone has to say. So looking forward to the next month and the next year. And for now, I think that's it. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye.